Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255. Another beautiful September day with Mr. Rushforth and Mr. Napolitano. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, gentlemen. Buongiorno. 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 <laughs> well, shall we start with numbers, seeing that we got the numbers for August, and I don't think there's a really big surprise, is there, Paul? No, there's not a big surprise, and I think it's going to be this, this way probably for the rest of the year. Every month there's not going to be a surprise. Um, you know, I, I, I'll tell you what the numbers are, and then I'll paint the real perspective of what's happening in the market. So we saw in the month of August, keep in mind last year, August, our market was, was starting to flatten out already. Um, our number of sales was down 27%, uh, and our average sale price was up 4.8%. But keep in mind, our average sale price in August was $635,000. we are we're always in the sevens, and we are at six hundred and thirty-five. So when we look at year-to-date, our number of sales is down 20%, and our average sale price is up 9.6%. So our average sale price year-to-date is 711000 at the peak of April, it was 739000 So we've definitely gone downhill. Uh, but to put that in perspective, uh, to start 2021 until now, so what is that, 18 months, 16 months, 17 months, we are $182,000 up. So I know there's a lot of sellers right now that are panicking. They're saying, okay, well, our average sale price is down over the last few months. You know, the market's going down. We're up 182000 in the last 16, 17 months. So don't panic. It's still a healthy market. Have we teetered toward a balanced market? Yes, we have. Are there some areas that are more of a buyer's market? Yes, they are. Uh, but, you know, if you listen to the news and you listen to some other realtors, the world's ending, the market's crashing, it's over. It's our crazy market? Yes, it is over. But our normalized, balanced market is here, and it's here to stay. So, you know, just... You know, and a few reasons, right? Crazy interest rates, and Frank will talk about the hike that happened last week, or this week, sorry. Crazy, crazy interest rates. Buyers are, are sort of punch drunk and, and sort of taking themselves out of the market, and we're, our inventory is starting to increase. So, I mean, it's, it's, it, those are just the three things that are going to bring the, our average sale price down a little bit. We're still in a very healthy market, though. So through all of this, you're saying it's Frank's fault? It's Frank's fault for increasing <laughs> the interest rates. Yes, it is Frank's fault. Uh, yes, yeah. How high can we yeah. go, Frank? Boy, that's a good question. I've, uh, they're already higher than I imagined they would be anyway. I mean, nobody for – listen, uh, I mean, I, I got an email from a client this week who said he's disappointed because six months ago, you know, I recommended staying in the variable because none of us saw – and I mean none of us. Tiff Macklin didn't certainly say that, you know, rates were going to go up as significantly as they have. So at the end of the day, uh, rates have gone up way more than they should, than we expected them to. It's hurting a lot of Canadians. It's hurting Canadians that are in variable rate mortgages. It's hurting businesses that run off of lines of credit because they're paying more. It doesn't only hit the mortgage market. It hits personal um, portfolios as well. I'll give you an example. One of the articles that I read this week are saying that credit card debt is up significantly over the last six months. The reason for that is because the cost of living has gone up so much that now people are starting to rely on their credit cards to make ends meet, and that's going to be a significant issue as we head into early 2023, when the economy will start to slide, and that R word, the recession word, may come into play. All non-mortgage debt is up, though, right? 
Well, all non-mortgage debt, yeah. So mortgage debt obviously is slowed down. You know, you know, we used to talk about that 175% debt-to-income ratio. That number will be well over the twos by the time they start, you know, forecasting it again and putting it out there. And only because of what we've seen with house prices over the last uh, number of years, couple of years, not to mention the fact that I think the debt has gone up tremendously now for Canadians over the last six months alone. Well, it's up 2.4% from last year. What do you think it's at? What do you think the average non-mortgage debt is for the average Canadian now? Probably, uh, it was what, 24 last year? It's up 2.4% from last year. Oh. <clears throat> so uh, in, what in numbers, what do you think? It's 21000 bucks now. Wow. Yeah, crazy. Is that higher or lower than you thought, Paul? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I just think the, 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 what's happening right now is I don't know how some people are surviving. I mean, it just, uh, it's just little things like my snowplow contract for my West End office is up. Is, is, it went from like four grand to seven grand. I, I, like, I don't know how people are affording to live right now. And, you know, Frank, are they not talking about October? They're going to increase it another three quarters of a percent potentially? Uh, you know, he talked about the increases continuing, but a lot of economists right now are forecasting that they don't. The jumbo rate hikes that we've seen over the last six months are gone. Most economists are predicting, and, and actually we're going to have a, a guest on the next segment, Ben Rabidou, who is, uh, um, uh, he's the founder of Edge Realty Analytics, and he talks about analytics across the country. He'll talk about what, you know, what happened this week with Bank of Canada and his forecast with real estate, which will be really interesting. So, uh, you know, he focuses more across the country, but he'll talk about Ottawa a little bit as well. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think that interest rates will probably, prime rate will probably go up one more quarter percent increase, and that's it. Because I believe that the next announcement is October 26th, and we'll have two inflation announcements, two job reports, and we'll start to see the cracks in the foundation as far as the economy is concerned. And he's going to have to be very careful about the future increases moving forward. I read a read a good article this morning, and it was uh, an article on Goldman Sachs, which is, I believe, the bank in the states, right, Frank? Uh, Goldman Sachs, and they are predicting. Uh, they always predict what how, they, they predicted the crash in twenty eight, twenty nine in the U S. and all that stuff, which a lot of people knew something was coming. However, they're saying right now the three countries that are in trouble as far as real estate prices go are New Zealand, Australia, and Canada. That's what they they, they predicted the three, and they they do predict Canada to come thir- come down thirteen percent. But like we've talked about. We're talking mainly Toronto, Vancouver, the peaks and the valleys of that, those areas, not Ottawa. I mean, will we come down a little bit? Yes, we will. Uh, but I, I'm not predicting that, you know, very much here in Ottawa. But it's interesting that they're, they're predicting Australia, New Zealand, and Canada as the three air, three countries that will come down in, in, for real estate prices. I think you're bang on, Paul, but uh, don't forget, Ottawa is different. Not only is it different uh, real estate-wise, but unemployment-wise, too. The unemployment rate in Canada is at, what, 5.4%, and we're only at 34 in Ottawa. Well, I don't know. Every business owner I, I talk to, they're crying for people. They need people. So, I mean, if, you're, if there's any time in history where you you're need a job, now's the time to get any job you want because the pay has gone crazy. I mean, the minimum wage is going up to 15.50 this week, or there, whatever day it was. It's going up to 15.50, and you're seeing a lot of people that are advertising. I mean, McDonald's is paying 17 dollars an hour for people. So, I mean, there's there's anywhere you want to work right now. But I think that the, the the wages have to go up with what's happening in the economy right now. The wages have to go up just to survive. Yeah, but can businesses afford that? 
it's tough. I mean, like, listen, I'm, I'm, I have a lot of part-time workers that are, that are, you know, answering phones at the front of the desk, also doing other things. But, you know, it adds up when you're doing an eight-hour shift, paying them 16 bucks an hour. You know, it, it adds up. And when you have lots of businesses that have lots of employees, and some of them are the entry-level employees that are making that type of money, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. So what are you saying? Go in the snowplow business? Yeah. <laughs> we pay for it. Consumers are paying for that extra <clears throat> charge the extra wages you're paying for it that's hence why you go grocery shopping and you walk out with the same bag of items that you would have had a year ago and it's 30 35 40 percent more because we're paying for it we're paying for those accelerated wages we're paying for the fact that oil prices have gone where they are um you know what it's hard right now it's hard for people first time home buyers i feel for because they've done everything right to get themselves ready and unfortunately, they went through a storm over the last year and a half where, you know, they couldn't get into a home. They made offers. They weren't accepted. It was crazy. The interest rates were great. And just when we start to see more real estate inventory, the interest rates go crazy. And now they can't afford it. And it's unfortunate. But, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, we've had to adjust our business a little bit as well, obviously. But, you know, we're hoping and, and I know we won't. Uh, we won't lay anyone off. We're just hoping that. You know, the business is still there. We are still, you know, we've got a, a mature database. Uh, you know, um, I'm not going to call them now buyers. I'm going to call them mortgage <laughs> holders. <laughs> we have a lot of mortgage holders out there that, you know, the renewal's up. And it's a bad time for a renewal to come up. I mean, if your timing was last year, you would have been laughing. Unfortunately, your renewal's up this year. You're going to have to look at a short-term solution pop, possibly, instead of going into a five-year fix. Well, Frank, you're a, a large chunk of your business is is also refinances, right? And so you, you must be losing all those refinances because no one's no one's refinancing right now. Well, we're not losing them. What we're doing is we're finding other solutions for them that's better than what they have right now. So, uh, you know, their mortgage maybe stays intact because they've got such a great interest rate on their mortgage. But we find a second. Uh, mortgage solution, whether it's a home equity line of credit, even if it's a private mortgage, if you're paying credit card rates and your monthly uh, budget's out of whack, you know, you got to bite the bullet maybe for a little bit for a year and, and pay a little bit of a higher rate on a second mortgage, but at least get your finances in order. And then once your mortgage comes up for maturity, put them all together. You can yeah. get a private second mortgage, Frank? Yeah, we can get a private second mortgage if the equity's there. Obviously, the equity's got to be in the house. Even private lenders are much more careful these days on properties they're lending on. Because again, they're reading the headlines just like we are, where banks and economists are predicting that some house prices are gonna come down. So they need to protect their investors as well. So, you know, we're, we're seeing much more conservative lending. Obviously rates have gone up, uh, you know, two years ago, you can get a second mortgage in the seven, eight percent Today you're hitting double digits. But, you know, these are the same people that are paying 20, 25% on credit cards. So you know, paying 10 or 11% isn't so bad. And the other part too, cash flow. I mean, you need cash flow. If you're really hurting and every month, all you're doing is adding to your credit card debt, that's not going forward in any way. If you've got that equity in that home, we need to find out a solution. And if a home equity line of credit through a bank is a solution, that's the best way to do it. But if not, there's private lending out there. What's a percentage of equity you should use and maybe not use? What do you not want to go well, over? Again, well, given yeah, where the market well, is now, Frank. Yeah, most private lenders won't go above 80. Uh, some of them will go to 80, but it all depends on your job stability. It depends on your credit. Uh, but we're seeing more and more 75% being the norm so that there's that little bit of breathing room for that private lender to make sure that if house values did come down, that they still have enough equity in the property to be able to uh, 
to get their money back. Yeah, but that's what I mean with the with the market now, which is softened certainly and gone down. You have to make your own decision on how much equity you want to use. So as one hundred percent, I mean, I, I, I mean, some people want to go to the max, but that doesn't mean that the lender out there is willing to go to the max. So it all depends. Again, rural properties are generally seventy five percent loan to value, where you know, properties in, uh, you know, the Canadas and Orleans and Barhavens of the world, uh, they'll look at 80% for sure. And Stittsville, 20%? <laughs> uh, 85. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny, though, Frank, you talk about those areas, but like the areas where you have a lot of new home builders in there, those are the slowest moving areas right now. It's, you know, so you, you mentioned the, the Orleans, the Canada. I mean, when we come back from the break, I'll tell you how many properties are actually on the, on the market in those areas. And it's staggering. There's a lot of homes for sale in those areas. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We will be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. We're back with Paul Rushworth, Frank DiPolitano. And Frank, you got a guest for us. We do, actually. Uh, uh, somebody that I've been following his stuff for uh, for a couple of years now, Ben Ravidu, who is the founder of Edge Realty Analytics. Welcome to the show, Ben. Hey, guys. Good morning. Good morning, Ben. Hey, good morning. So what do you make of the announcement this week, Ben? Well, it's broadly in line with what uh, was expected. I think um, more interesting than, and I'm, by the way, I'm assuming we're talking about the interest rate environment, uh, announcement. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it was in line with what economists were expecting, so 75 basis points. Um, what was more interesting than the announcement itself uh, was some of the language in the press release, as well as a speech from Carolyn Rogers the next day. And Carolyn Rogers is a very senior deputy at the Bank of Canada. And the takeaway is that, uh, unfortunately, the bank has hinted that they, there are still at least a couple more interest rate hikes to come. Uh, they have signaled that they're extremely committed to bringing inflation back down uh, and that, unfortunately, you know, the, the, the housing market's going to continue to be a bit of collateral damage in that process. You see small increases, Ben. If there if there are more increases, do you see the next two being smaller or another big one? No, definitely smaller. I think we're done with kind of the outsized um, interest rate hikes. I would at this point we're kind of penciling in um, twenty five basis points in October, potentially another twenty five basis points after that. Um, but you're getting to the point where interest rates. It's important to remember that they hit with a lag, right? So when interest rates go up, it doesn't affect everyone immediately. And you folks in the mortgage space understand this better than anyone. It's like rates go up, but a lot of people have fixed rate mortgages. It takes a while for it to kind of filter through and kind of slow you know, spending and just kind of dampen broader economic activity. And so what the Bank of Canada is will be inclined to do is to kind of front load these interest rate increases. And then they're going to want to sit and sort of assess the impact, right? Because we won't really know how this affects the economy for almost another year. So I, you know, I'm, I, at this point, I'm kind of expecting another 50 basis points um, before we sort of flatten out, and then they kind of have to pause and, and you know see how bad things are for consumers. So 50, base, 50 basis points, but 25 and 25, you're thinking? That's where we're at right now. Yeah, I think that's that's a reasonable assumption. Now, look, a lot can change between now and then. Um, on one hand, we could get some kind of spicy inflation readings. Uh, I don't think it's likely, just kind of based on what, what what's been happening with oil and some other forward-looking indicators. But if we did, that would potentially suggest they might go a little 
a little more than that. But on the flip side, you know, we're starting to see some signs that the economy is softening. We saw a big, big job loss in the last three months here in Canada. It's actually cumulatively, these are the, you know, the most job losses we've seen over a three-month period since 2009, if you set aside kind of the artificial constraints around COVID in April 2020. Uh, and so, yeah, there's some signs that the economy has gone from um, turbocharged, which is really what we've seen in the last 18 months, to something that is signaling a shift to a slightly lower speed. And, and if you're a bank of Canada, that's, frankly, that's what you want to see. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of data points to come out between now and the interest rate announcement in October. And, uh, and those would be the two things you want to watch is like what's happening with employment and, and on the other side, what's happening with inflation. Hey, Ben, we've seen uh, some of the banks come out with uh, their guesses anyway that real estate prices will drop. What's your feeling on that? Well, I think it's important to understand sort of what's driven the price declines to date. Okay, And so you know, if we go back to kind of the peak frothiness of late 2021 and early 2022, where we had just really insane moves in house prices, right across southern Ontario, we were seeing prices rising in almost every metro by you know, 3 to 5% per month. Right. I mean, just completely absurd price moves. And when the market cooled, it had this uh, this effect where a lot of people who bought at peak uh, had significantly overpaid. And now the banks were saying, well, we're not going to lend you uh, what you bought it at. We were appraising it lower than that. And, you know, there's all these financing issues. And, and look, bottom line was we had a lot of distressed selling through the summer. And I think that's largely been responsible for the big price declines that we've seen because I want to be clear. I mean, I was listening in. Uh, I know you guys were talking about a lot of inventory building on the market, but you know, th- that's relative to the absurdly low levels that we hit in 2021. If we instead rewind to kind of 2018, 2019, um, inventory levels are still not back to those levels, right? This is not a dramatically oversupplied market anywhere in Ontario. And so my point is, the price declines that we've seen are more reflective of these distressed selling um, dynamics that have kind of um, you know, been pervasive since since the market rolled over in February. And, and that's starting to work its way through the system. And now we're at the point where the prices are going to reflect underlying supply and demand. And so, you know, the, the big price declines are behind us. And from now, we probably see prices kind of grind sideways or slightly lower until next spring. And then at that point, we really need to see what's happening with supply and demand. And uh, yeah, I, don't, I don't really expect any big moves in prices from here. Well, we're not alone in this anyway. At least the Brits did the same thing, right? Up 75 basis points? Yeah, this is a global phenomenon. Everyone has um, kind of been surprised by the strength of inflation. Um, and this is not a Canada-specific dynamic. You know, when, when energy prices go up, it affects the cost of everything. And so, you know, we're not alone here in Canada in this kind of cost of living crisis. It is a global phenomenon. But to your point, the central banks globally look very committed to, uh, to trying to tame this. Any worries of too much too soon? Always, right? So the, the history of central banking is that uh, they tend to leave interest rates too low for too long, uh, create all sorts of excesses in, in credit markets. Um, and we arguably have seen that. There's probably a, a strong argument to be made that housing got way too frothy. Uh, they left interest rates too low, and then they sort of panic and they go the other way, and they, they over-tighten, and it causes a recession. This is like the normal cycle that we see with central banks. And, uh, and, and yeah, that is the, that's definitely the risk right now is, um, you know, they're going to tip the economy into a recession potentially in 2023. I think it's a pretty good likelihood that that's exactly what we see.
So Ben, so Ben, you're 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 basically predicting prices just to go sideways now. We've seen enough drops. Yeah, I think so until the spring. Uh, okay. And and again, the big point that I would make is that this is not a dramatically imbalanced market. I know inventory is up compared to where you know the dead lows, but it's not high levels of inventory. Yeah, we can't compare to a year ago at all. No, that's right. A year ago was crazy. I mean, it, we, like if you look at a, a chart of inventory levels anywhere in Canada. Um, they, they just fell off a cliff. I mean, nationally, inventory uh, is still about 40% below kind of normal levels, even though it's built significantly off of the kind of the, the dead lows. Uh, and so I just think prices are going to kind of grind from here because the, the highly distressed selling is behind us. What I'm waiting to see, I, again, I don't have a lot of conviction on this either way because I think prices are going to break one way or the other come spring, right? And, and then we need to see what's happening in the supply-demand balance. If sales are still this week, and, if, and more importantly, if we start to see more signs that, um, you know, a lot more supply is coming online, perhaps sellers who are getting burdened down by higher interest rates are starting to sell on, on, in some size, then that's, um, yeah, that's, that's not a good sign. But I want to be clear, right now we're not seeing that. New listings coming online are actually very low in most metros across the country. So there's no sign of panic selling at this point. Um, we really need to see what happens in the spring. Last quick question, Frank. <laughs> versus the Toronto's, the Montreal's, the Vancouver's of the world. His question was, how does Ottawa compare? Yeah, from a, I guess from a, well, let me approach it from a pricing perspective. I think that the affordability challenges are kind of a national issue. They're more acute in some areas than others. Uh, and so I would say when we look nationally, Ottawa is not at the top of the list in terms of like, incredibly concerning markets uh it's still relative and i want to emphasize relatively affordable compared to the toronto's of the world um not to say that you know they don't have affordability challenges especially as rates go up uh but the downside in pricing is not there in ottawa like it is in uh, in some other metros in southern ontario the other thing to remember is that prices didn't run up nearly as much in ottawa yeah. right i mean you had about 18 months where things went crazy but prior to that uh it's fairly stable um, house price dynamics in Ottawa over the past decade. And that's important because when we get into these kind of crazy blow-off moves in prices, they, they, they tend to be somewhat symmetrical in that you know, they run up like crazy, and then when they roll over, they kind of come back down to the long-term traps. And hey, so ben, in a place like Toronto, that, that's you know, a lot more downside than in Ottawa, is what I would say. Hey, ben, we got to go to a break now for the news, but is there any chance you can stay on a little bit later, a little bit longer after the break? Yeah, happy to. Yep. Look at Paul. Look at Paul. Away that go, buddy. (laughs) 521-TALK, 521-8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back with Paul and Frank, and Ben has graciously agreed to stay with us for another minute or two. Hey, Ben, here's an impossible question for you. If we anticipate another 50 basis points, what happens after that? Does it stay flat for a while, or can we hope to see things come back down again? Well, that's a great question. I, I think you know, normally what we find is um, central banks hike until the point where the you know it's too much for the economy to bear, and then we start to, to see the economy roll over into a recession, and then they cut again uh, until it's kind of stimulated enough to get the economy back on its feet. What I worry about this time is 
some of the inflationary pressures that we're seeing are very different than anything we've seen in the last few decades. And I think there's a, a reasonably compelling case to be made that while inflation is going to come off of these high levels, that it's probably going to remain stubbornly high relative to what we've been used to over the last 20 years. And that's kind of how I'm thinking about it right now. So, like, I don't think oil prices are going back down to 40 or 50 bucks. I, you know, I, I think pricing generally is going to be a little stickier. Uh, and so the point I would make is in a, in a recessionary environment, I could see the central bank cutting interest rates, but I don't think we're going back to zero. I, I don't mind saying I think we've seen the lows in mortgage rates for decades. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and I know that's been like, you know, the, that, that prediction. Uh, but they were crazy low, Ben. Well, they were. They were artificially low. And I just think, um, you know, if you're of the view that we've sort of exhausted some of the, the, the tailwinds that drove lower interest rates, right? So, you know, cheap energy, cheap labor out of, out of uh, you know, some of the developing world, um, global, a trend towards globalization, those things are behind us now. And it just argues, I think, that we're not going back to, to those crazy low inflation levels. And, and hence, uh, we're probably not going to see zero interest rates with Bank Canada again for a long time. If their target is to get below 2%, we got a long way to go. Well, their target band is 1% to 3%, uh, and so they'd be happy to see it. Look, right now they'd be happy to just see it move in the right direction, um, and it's not, right? So, so we had headline inflation come down last month, but you got to remember that the central bank doesn't look at headline inflation. They, co- they look at what's called core inflation, which sort of strips out typically energy prices, which are kind of almost too volatile to get a signal from. Um, we know it just bounces around so much you don't really know what's going on. So you strip that out and you look at what's happening under that, and unfortunately core Prices are still trending up pretty pretty strongly, and so you know that, that we've got a long ways to go. You're absolutely right, uh, Ben. Let me ask you a question. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, sorry, yep. I thought I was on mute. Uh, let me ask you a question, Ben. So, I mean, looking at the Ottawa real estate market, I've been telling my realtors, my agents, that I think we're in for a very flat, um, stagnant 2023. And then we might head into a more of a, as rates hopefully start to come down, we'll head into more of a typical Ottawa market, you know, 3 to 4% increase in the average sale price compared to, you know, the 40, 50% we've gone up over the last two years. Do you agree with that? We're going to be in for a flat 2023 and then maybe start to, rates might come down, have a little bit more robust 2024? Well, there's a lot of moving parts. Um, look, it's not, I, I think it's a reasonable base case to, to, to make that we're probably going to be flat from here for a while. But here's the thing you have to understand. If you're, so let's just say that you were trying to buy kind of the typical Ottawa home, uh, and you sort of model out, well, what's your monthly mortgage payments if you bought that home every month, right? And as prices were going up, interest rates were kind of flat. So, you know, your, your mortgage payment to buy that home was really not going up that much over the last, the last few years. But now, with how much price has gone up and how much interest rates have gone up, the mortgage payment to buy a typical home has gone up by almost 50%. That's five zero percent in the last 10 months. Now, look, that only gets resolved in one of two ways, right? Either prices come down or rates come down until affordability is restored. I guess you could argue there's a third way, which is sort of what you're suggesting, which is that prices go flat for a while, wages catch up, and that sort of improves affordability. But until that happens, like, this market's just not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Well, that's, this, is, this has been awesome. This has been some great information, Ben. I, I mean, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, Frank, I'll let you uh, end that if you want. Yeah, no, I, 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 get, I get to follow Ben. Uh, I get his reports on a monthly basis. He's a huge asset to the mortgage industry, mortgage professionals Canada. And uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the air. And uh, I asked him a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he graciously accepted it. Obviously, uh, you don't know Frank very well, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, <laughs> pleasure chatting with you guys. Thanks for having me on. Great. Thanks, Enjoy guys. the rest of your Saturday. Same to you guys. Bye-bye. Bye now. Always nice to bring a brain to the show. That's a first. <laughs> uh, we're, we're not used to having smart people on this show. We're, that was awesome. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good information. Is that Frank? Is that Frank's phone that's kind of really bumpy and staticky? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but you know, the airport. Unfortunately, I'm at the airport, and uh, planes are. I'm right by the runway where planes are taking off. So. Ah. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, but no, that was that was great information, and then it's and it's good to hear, um, you know, that we, we could be done with the rate decreases. Uh, sorry, not the rate, but the price decreases. Um, you know, rates going up to potentially another fifty basis points is, is going to be crippling, but at least it's not going up, you know, more than that, which which he predicts, anyways, which is awesome. Um, and if if all holds true, it's what I've been telling my agents. I think we're in for a very flat twenty twenty three, and you know, a typical market where you know you're gonna have to do your work to get home sold. Yeah, you better uh, get a good agent this year if you're selling or buying. Really, you more than any time in history, you need a good agent through these markets. I mean, it's it's absolutely crazy. Uh, you know, the buy side as well. I mean, yes, there's more inventory, but you know, you got to navigate through that, and you need an agent to negotiate that price for you, negotiate it properly. Um, I did a video this week because there's a lot of doom and gloom out there. And I just, I, my video was along the lines of the real estate market's done. We're crashing. We're over. Stop reading the news. Yeah. Stop reading the news. We're, we're, we're in good shape. And you just heard, I mean, we, our average sale price in the last four months has gone from 739,000 to 711. So yeah, we've dropped, we've dropped, but like I mentioned, before, where were we two years ago, Paul? Five hundred and twenty-nine thousand was our average sale price. Exactly, five hundred twenty-nine thousand was our average sale price going into twenty twenty-one, and now we're in the sevens. We're at seven hundred and eleven. So, I think we're doing okay. I think we're doing okay. Where it's tough, where it's been very tough, is where people have bought over the last year and they're now looking to sell. That's where it's been a little bit challenging. I mean, I have a you know we have a poor some poor clients too that are. You know, they're, they're giving us the gears. The house is not selling. What are we doing? It's not. And I'm like, it's a challenging market and it's, yeah. it's tough. You know, and I mentioned it, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. It's, you know, any agent who's started in this business within the last two years, welcome to real real estate. Yeah. <laughs> this is real real estate. This is what, you, what we, you know, this is what we get paid to do is we earn our money in this market. And if you are just starting out, you better price those homes properly or else they're not going to move at all. You know what? Here's, here's the challenge too. There's so many listings that I look at. That, oh, today I saw someone holding back offers, and it was overpriced. And I'm like, what market are you watching? You know, it's just I think you need to really do your homework on these adjusting markets because for the last two years, we've been in an extremely fluid market. And what I say one week is different from what I say the next week. That's how fluid it is. And we're continuing to be fluid. But one thing I know is a constant is the market is normal again, and you have to do – the old school things like price it properly. Don't just try a price. Uh, you know, more than ever, you need to make sure that you're pricing property. And a lot of our strategy is pricing. So do your homework pricing the home properly and let the sellers know what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. I mean, if you go in and the seller says, I want 900, you think it's 850, show them the evidence and win that 850 because it's not 900. You're going to sit on the market forever. And then next thing you know, the seller's going to be grumpy at you because you're not selling the house. So do your homework and price it properly. And on the other side of that, there's plenty of choices in mortgages if you go to the right person, right, Frank? <clears throat> huge discrepancy in rates when it comes from uh, some of the big banks who have priced their mortgages extremely high right now. 
and uh, some of the non-bank lenders who coincidentally get a lot of their funding from the big banks, but they priced it much more reasonable. And, you know, we've seen the bond market go up quite a bit in the last two weeks in anticipation of, um, you know, of the primary change that happened on Wednesday. But interestingly enough, those same lenders, the non-bank lenders, have, you know, retained the 4.59% five-year fix. So where most major banks are in the low fives to mid fives, here's these non-bank lenders. You know, if you want a five-year fix and you're worried about uh, where rates are heading and still going up, you know, I think that that's a good alternative to, to sit back on. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We'll be right back with our final segment. Can you believe it? We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Back with Paul Rushworth and Frank DePolitano. And to the phones we go to beautiful Finley Creek and say hello to Patty. Hello, Patty. Hi. Hi, Patty. Morning. Hello. We're ready. We got you. Oh, well, thanks for calling. It wouldn't be the same without you. (laughs) Got a question? Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, within the next week or so, I'm going to be reaching out to realtors. I have a semi-detached bungalow in the senior community of Finley Creek. And, you know, you see a lot of townhouses and, like, big houses. But what about, like, the – like, I have an end unit semi-detached, but it's an adult community for senior living. We yep. just have, like, a little street in the midst of everything else. Yep. Uh, yep. What, Steve, you really don't see? see those homes. So are they in high demand? Well, they are and they're not. I mean, obviously, you're narrowing your audience, right? Because you're not going to have, you know, young families living there. So you're definitely narrowing your audience. Um, but, you know, the seniors need a place to live. Um, bungalows are always great, right, Paul? Bung- bungalows are always great, especially, your, did you say yours is a, a semi-detached? Yeah, I've got an end unit semi-detached. Yeah, they're, very, they're quite popular. Absolutely, they're quite popular. The only thing I would say is, I mean, I don't like to talk about certain areas in the city in a negative way, but... Finley Creek is one area that does have quite a bit of inventory on the market. However, you're not selling a broad-based home. You're selling a niche product. You're selling a seniors community. Uh, so, yeah, so you should be okay. But Finley Creek is, is an area right now that is, is pretty saturated with listings. Okay. Well, correct so, me if I'm wrong, Paul, but if you're selling a place today, you want seniors to buy it. At least they got some money. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's right. That's right, yeah. No, but you're, like I said, though, you're not selling a townhome where there's, you know, 29 of them on the market. You're not selling a single where there could be, you know, 17 to 20 on the market. You're selling a uh, senior's bungalow, attached bungalow. Um, and, you know, I, obviously I haven't looked to see what's on the market in that area, but, um, but you're, you're selling more of a niche product, so it's, you should be fine. Oh, good to hear. But, yeah, but get us through the door, and we'll tell you exactly what you want to do to, uh, to get the house ready to go and, and get your top dollar for it. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, you did have Paul Rushworth real estate on your list, right, Patty? <laughs> well, yeah, because we're, we're hoping within the next... Well, he's got my name and number now. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. going up. And, uh, hey, we've got grass because we're an end oh, unit. We're wow. lucky there. Yeah, wait, well, speaking of which, make sure you take a bunch of pictures or get it listed sooner than later so you get some nice pictures of what it looks like in the summer, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. like right now, it's it's really nice. <laughs> Yeah, so, so I just Patty, cut the grass. You, are, good. you say in the next couple of weeks you're putting the house on the market. Well, I'm hoping like maybe call realtors next week. I I don't know. Like okay, we've so done a lot. Of, we've we've pretty much got it ready to go. Okay, perfect. So what we do then right away is 
is well. The grass is still okay. The flowers are still okay. I'll get my professional photographer in there. We do, we do videos, drone shots. We do professional pictures, room measurements, 3D tours. We'll do all that while the, while the market is or while the grass and the, the weather is still nice. Well, that's great, yeah, because the property looks like it looks good. I just like cut the grass the other day, and everything's shining. And Perfect. and because we're on the end, we have grass. Whereas, you know, compared to to uh, some like where I live, when I used to live in Orleans, I had like a postage stamp front yard, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Well, so, get, get them in, Patty, and good luck. Okay, well, thanks so much. And yeah, because the senior adult community, there's not a lot of homes for no. that exactly that clientele, right? Exactly. Yep. Of course. Yeah. We look forward to meeting you, Patty. Thanks, Patty. Okay. Thanks so much. Boy, that's, you know what? If I'm selling a house today, I'm, I want to sell it to seniors because that's where the money is. That's where yeah. they, they won't have to go and visit Frank necessarily. <laughs> no, a lot of help with that, though, Steve, because that's your age community, right? So hopefully you've got some friends looking yeah. to downsize. Yeah, well, well, actually, Patty's smart. Patty's smart. She called the show because she was trying to entice Steve to buy it, you know, like in the seniors community. <laughs> Although Frank, Frank, you're almost there too, so I wouldn't be chirping. Yeah, I, almost. I see more than a shadow of Frank next to me. <laughs> hey, let me ask you quick about variable rates, Frank. What's the uh, what's the best deal now? Is it prime minus anything good? Prime minus really good. If you're buying a property, you can get um, you know if you're buying it with less than twenty percent down or thirty five percent or more down, you're close to prime minus one percent, which. You know, sounds really nice, except for primes all the way up to 5.45% right now. So it's 4.45. So, you know, we're, we're in a place now where the five-year variable on a high-ratio purchase, like I just talked about, is very close to what you can get on the five-year fix. So you're almost matching. So the question is, what do you believe is going to happen? If you believe the rates are coming down, then you might want to look at the variable. But, you know, be prepared for, like Ben said, potentially – another half percent increase. So therefore you got to be ready for that and then be able to turn it over into a fix when rates have come down. If you think that's going to happen. What's the one year at now? One year's uh, artificially high as well. So is the two year. So is the three year. They're all in the fours. Some banks have a one, two, three year in the fives as well. So it's a tough decision to make because it does make sense to take a one year and then see where, uh, you know, if you think rates are coming down, um, and I don't think it'd be a bad move anyway to take a one year. If it, you know, if you were, you know, if you're scared of the variable you know, because you're scared of a couple more increases, then take the one year and then just reassess a year from now. I do think I do think rates have to come down. I mean, I think we're like Ben said, we're going to maybe be flat with the average sale price as well as rates for probably the next. Well, he said we'll see what happens in the spring. We'll reevaluate in the spring, but. I think eventually, once we can curb a little bit of this inflation issue and, and, and get that coming down, I, I think rates will come down. But like Steve said during the call with Ben, like we saw historic lows that we probably won't see again. And you've said it before, Frank. You think the standard mortgage is probably going to be somewhere in the low threes eventually, right? Yep, three or four, I think, is a standard. And, and what we saw in the last two years are artificially low. And I think what we're seeing now is artificially high. So I think, you know, we got to come to that balance. And uh, I hope it's going to happen in 2023. Yeah, sooner than later. Yeah. Birthdays, Frank? Uh, just uh, one, Jennifer P. Uh, from our uh, office celebrating her birthday today. Actually, it's her happy birthday to Jen. That's it? That's it? Whoa, whoa. What about the Francesco? Yeah, where are the vowels, uh, buddy? Where are the vowels? <laughs> well, my brother and I did last week, Maurice. He celebrated his birthday. <laughs> Maurice. So, there you go. Okay, you happy? <laughs> there you go. Oh, you got anything going on? 
I do. I got a couple of uh, couple agents who joined my team recently. So uh, Jamie Urie, new agent in the business, uh, been with me about a, a year this month. And uh, Paul Royce, who's been with me a year this month, is a veteran of the industry, but he's been with me a year this month. So happy anniversary. Nice. Paul at paulrushforth.com. Frank N. at mortgagebrokersottawa.com. Here's to a good week, gentlemen. Have a good week, everyone. Have a great week, everyone. And please, yeah, support local businesses and charities.